Hey there, welcome back. My name is Meshach Canyon. Thank you for joining me as we continue working our way through the Acts of the Apostles. Today we're in Acts chapter 8 verses 14 through 25 and we are wrapping up the encounter between Philip and Simon the Magician. Before we look at this verse, there's something that I wanted to mention uh, in uh, the previous section that I forgot about. That is the model that Philip uses for ministry that's really instructive for us. If you look at the end of Mark's gospel, uh, you'll see something, you'll see something. In fact, let me just turn there. Um, now, this is a part of the gospel that many people kind of dispute and say it's, it's not part of the original ending. Um, but whether it is or it isn't, it does leave something that's instructive for all of us who would minister in the name of Jesus. Uh, that is, we don't do ministry on our own. You know, when I preach, it's not the effectiveness of my words that I'm trusting will save people. My words can be as clever as I can muster, and it's not going to amount to anything if the power of God isn't present. And so when we minister, we do our best, but we don't trust our best. We trust God. And if you look at the end of, of Mark's gospel, verses, uh, Mark chapter 16, verse, I'll read 19 and 20. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Then it says, and they, meaning the apostles, went out and preached everywhere, right? So that was in their control. They obeyed. Jesus told them to go and preach. So they went out, they preached everywhere. And listen to what it says. While the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Now, if we flip all the way back to Acts chapter 8 and then look at what happened in 13, we saw that Philip came and he preached the gospel. He's following that pattern. He preached the gospel of the resurrection of Jesus, the availability of life in the kingdom of God. And then what do we see happen? And seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. So the same thing is happening. Philip obeyed and faithfully did what God called him to do. He preached the gospel. And then as he was doing that, the power of God was made present through signs and wonders, through healings. Now listen, I believe that that's still possible for us today. I'm not going to go into that because this video is not about that, but I think that's still possible today. We need an expectation that God would show up. We need to preach and then expect that through our preaching, God will show up in ways that um, uh, that, that, that aren't common, that, that don't go with what we've been saying, but he'll show up in ways that lead people to think God must be with this person. Otherwise, this thing definitely would not have taken place. Now on to verses 14 through 25. So Simon the magician, he has been saved. You know, he, he believed the gospel and now the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. And this is astounding in and of itself, because remember, uh, before Jesus ascended, he told them to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. The only reason that they ended up leaving Jerusalem is because of persecution. But now they've arrived in Samaria through the ministry of, of Philip. And as Philip is ministering, the apostles back in, in uh, Jerusalem here, oh my goodness, the Samaritans, they've, they've received the word of God. Wonderful things are happening there, but they didn't receive the Holy Spirit yet. And so these apostles, uh, namely Peter, and I believe, yeah, Peter, he, he comes over to Samaria and he lays hands on people because if they've received the word of God, 
that's a sign that God has also opened the door for them to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so Peter goes to Samaria and he lays hands on people so that they can receive the Holy Spirit. And the same thing that happens in Samaria is what happened presumably in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4 and other places, namely signs and wonders. And they begin speaking in tongues. Well, here's Simon the magician. He sees this happening and this guy's power hungry. He sees a power at work that's greater than the power that he had. And what does he try to do? He says, man, he says to Peter, <laughs> sometimes I wonder how Peter looked when he was saying this. He says to Peter, hey, man, I'll pay you if you can give me this power that you have so I can do what you're doing. And I got to read the words that Peter said to him. May your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You neither uh, you have neither part nor lot in this matter for your heart is not right before God. Repent therefore of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Oh my goodness. So what's happening here? Well, what's happening here? And some of you may have heard of the word simony. That means a person is trying to use human means to control the spirit of God. That's what Simon the magician wanted to do. He wanted to use currency to control the power of God. The Holy Spirit, as Jesus said in John chapter 3, the wind blows wherever it wants. We don't know where it's coming from. We don't know where it's going. The Spirit is uncontrollable. And so to attempt to control the Spirit, man, you're in dangerous territory. Even, even Peter and John here, they're not controlling the Spirit. Philip's not controlling the Spirit. Indeed, as we'll see in the next passage, Philip is, is so not in control of the Spirit, the Spirit's in control of him as it picks him up to move him and drop him somewhere else. So as we're ministering, and I as a pastor, I confront this all the time. As we're ministering and as we're living our lives, we have to live our lives in such a way that we are um, flexible uh, to the movement of the Spirit. So that if the movement is nudging us to go left, we go left. We can't have everything so ironclad and planned out that the spirit looks and says, well, there's no room for me to move here because they figured it out all on their own. There's different ways of us demonstrating simonizing tendencies. The only way to avoid those simonizing tendencies is to yield, become docile to the movement of the spirit so that God can work through us and in us to the glory of his name and to the edification of his people. So that's, that's my message for you today. Um, let the Spirit be at work. The Spirit still wants to do powerful things through, through His people, but you must be flexible to it. You must receive, and you must allow God to move you in ways that are really well, astounding. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, first of all, um, we repent of the simony and the simonizing tendencies that we all have. God, we want to be like Philip and like Peter and all the other apostles and men and women of God throughout the ages who have been used by the Spirit. We don't want to use the Spirit to our own ends. That's the temptation we face, but we want to be used by the Spirit. So please heal us. If there's any gall of bitterness within us, please remove it and in its place, dwell there by the power of your Holy Spirit. 
until we can be used by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, if you come back tomorrow, which I hope that you do, we're going to be looking at a really cool passage. Uh, it's, we're dealing with Philip again. Acts chapter 8, verses 26, all the way through 40, as he encounters the Ethiopian eunuch. So uh, read ahead, pray, meditate, live by the Spirit of God, and I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.